that God is good. Romans chapter 8 today. Um, a little boy opened the big family Bible. <clears throat> he was fascinated. As he, as he fingered through the old pages, suddenly something fell out of the Bible. He picked up the object and looked at it. When he saw it, what it was, was an old leaf that had been pressed in between the pages. Mama, look what I found, the boy called out. What have you got there, dear? With astonishment, the young, in the young boy's voice, he answered, I think it's Adam's underwear. I, I like it. You know, I don't care. I just read these for me. They're not, it's not about you. A man was riding in a cab one day when he decided to tap the cab driver on the shoulder to request an alternate route. The cab driver screamed and lost control of the cab, causing it to slam into a light post. After checking themselves out, the man said, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were so jumpy. To which the cab driver replied, it's not your fault. Today is my first day as a cab driver after driving a hearse for 10 years, and I've just never had anybody do that. <laughs> All right, Romans chapter 8. How's everybody doing? You know, I wish the lights were just a little less bright. Because I know you're out there. I know you're there. You know, we are heading into the, the, the holiday of Thanksgiving. El Día de Acción de Gracias. It's one of my favorite holidays. But today, I, I want to take the message, the, the Bible message of Thanksgiving, and take it a little bit deeper than we usually do. Thankfulness is not just a good attitude to have. It is a profound weapon. And, and I pray that the reality of that will settle into each one of our hearts. Holy Spirit, we just invite your presence to come and fill our time together today. Open our hearts to receive, to, to, to understand, and, and to apply the truths that we are talking about today, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. My wife likes to watch cooking shows. Now, Paul, it's just not my thing. Now, I don't mind cooking a little bit, and I, don't, I certainly don't mind eating. But these cooking shows, they're, they're like cooking competitions, and there's this crazy element to these shows. The contestants don't necessarily have any idea what they're going to make. And all of a sudden, they, they are given, you know, five different ingredients and that are not even related. You know, sardines and, and cauliflower and red sauce and some kind of cheese and blueberries. <laughs> and they're supposed to make some kind of a, a masterpiece out of that and they don't even have any bacon. <laughs> and oftentimes they do end up making something quite amazing. And it reminds me of this verse of scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. I want to read that out of the Passion Translation. So we are convinced 
that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. All the ingredients of your life. Everything. Just think about that. All the things you wouldn't have chosen. That, that you didn't sign up for. Even the stuff that you regret. All the ingredients as well as the good things, the breakthroughs. All the stuff. The master chef is able to take this array of ingredients and create a masterpiece from your life to cause everything in your life to work together for good. I mean, it's amazing. That's his covenant with you. That's the God that we serve, and that's how amazing he really is. Now, the greater our awareness of that truth is, that the greater we are aware of the reality of that, that God is causing all things to work together for good, the, the greater we are aware of that, the greater our tendency will be to be thankful to him in everything. Even the difficult things that we all experience as we walk through life. Whereas the lack of awareness of this area of God's sovereignty, that will cause us to trust ourselves over him. The absence of thankfulness leads to self-trust. Well, you know, I guess I need to deal with this situation. Well, well I guess, you know, I'm going to have to fix this or make this happen. Thankfulness is one of the most profound weapons that God has given us, that we, are, that we actually have in our arsenal, every one of us. It's, it's in your spiritual arsenal. Use it. You know, when I think of spiritual weapons, I usually think of the blood of Jesus. That, that washes me and cleanses me and allows me to stand before the presence of my Holy Father without any sense of shame or, or guilt or condemnation because of the blood of Jesus. God looks at me through that blood and he sees the righteousness of his Son, Jesus Christ. What a powerful weapon against shame, guilt, condemnation. Or I think of the name of Jesus. Wow. The name of Jesus that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. That, that name has authority over sickness, over disease, over every demonic force. When I think of spiritual weapons, I think of the name of Jesus. Or I think of the word of God. Wow. Jesus took the word of God, and, and he was tempted in the wilderness. Forty days, forty nights of prayer and fasting. And, he, and, he, and he, whenever the enemy came to him, he spoke the word of God with authority. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Those are the kinds of things that I think of 
when I think of spiritual weapons. But the Bible also talks about thankfulness as a weapon. And it can have a profound effect on our lives. It is designed to actually bring transformation to our lives. Now, we know about cultivating a a thankful heart. You know, we've talked about that a lot through the years. Just learning to be thankful for the good things that God does and and continues to do in our lives. The, The old expression might be to count your blessings. Shortly after I got saved, my dad said to me, he said, son, you you should make a list of the things that you're thankful for. Now, he was reading all this Merlin Crether stuff. He was reading Prison to Praise, you know, and, and all those books that talk about how powerful it is just to be thankful and just to praise the Lord. And so he said, what you should do is write down the things you're thankful for. And when you get up in the morning, take a moment. And just read through that list and thank the Lord for those things. And and take that list out when you go to bed at night. And and just take a minute and be thankful to the Lord. And he said, you know, that list is going to grow and grow. And I'm very thankful that my dad had me do that. I, I, I never want to take for granted the things of God and the blessing of God. All his many blessings. He meets my needs. He provided me with a job. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my spiritual family. I'm thankful for the blessing of God on my life. But see, while we have this list of of blessings over here, while we have this list of things that we are thankful for, we almost all have something over there in our life, that we are not thankful for. And we justify our unthankfulness because, well, it's the work of the enemy. Because something terrible happened, this or that. And we have this special category for these things that we are not thankful about. Forgetting that God says, in everything, give thanks. Not in almost everything, give thanks, or or for most things, give thanks, or in most situations, be thankful. What does he say? Let's read it. I'm reading 1 Thessalonians 5. I'm reading verses 16 through 18, starting in verse 16. Rejoice always, siempre, todo el tiempo. Pray without ceasing, orad sin cesar. Stay in in a place of connection, communication with God. And then verse 18, he says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks. That's God's will for you. Have you ever wondered in your life, God, I wonder what your will is for me. Or have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, you know, I'm just trying to find God's will. You know, this is what I've discovered. If I do the things that I know are his will, he will show me the things that I don't know yet. And one of the things that I know is it's always God's will for me to be thankful. Always. And so as I act on that, that positions me to discover what I don't know. 
So, so, so here's this glaring problem over here, this conflict or, or disappointment. Whatever it is, it's over there. And I'm over here cultivating thankfulness for all the good things. But I'm unwilling to be thankful in this area. And see, here's the, here's the problem with that. If I'm not able to be thankful in the midst of that circumstance, that area will have a measure of influence and control over my life. And not in a good way. It will have a voice where it shouldn't have a voice. God, why is, is this constantly impacting me? Because you, you haven't buried it in thankfulness. Why is this constantly influencing and, and controlling me? It never seems to go away because you've chosen not to be thankful in the midst of that situation. That is to express trust in this area. In your notes, there is a connection between thankfulness and trust. It's trust that allows me to step into thankfulness. When I am trusting in the Lord, I can be thankful in anything. God's bigger than anything. We pray about this problem we have, but we, but we don't give thanks in the midst of it, that, about this or about that. Being thankful for the effect that it is having on the recipe of my life. If I understood Romans 8, 28 more clearly, I think I would be quicker to give thanks in the midst of an IRS audit or, or a bad medical report, the loss of employment, the, the strong-willed child that I have to contend with, or whatever. The, the stuff that goes on in all of our lives. Now, I, I need to say something here. He's not telling us to be thankful for evil. I'm not saying that. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say for everything give thanks, but rather in. In everything give thanks. What's the difference? Well, let's say I'm driving around and all of a sudden I have a flat tire. I'm probably not going to go, oh Lord, thank you so much for a flat tire. No, in everything, give thanks. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in my life. I rejoice in the midst of this inconvenience. I rejoice. I trust in you. You are God. All things are working together for my good. You are building something into my character. It's working for my good. I give thanks to you. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. We can be thankful that we have a sovereign God who is able to use whatever the enemy throws at us. That which was intended for evil, God will use it for our benefit. And it's the expression of, of thankfulness that immerses it, that, that, that immerses that which was contaminated by the enemy into the grace of God where it can be used for my benefit. That event that happened in my life. Yeah, the enemy was involved. But when I'm thankful, 
I'm taking it away from the enemy and I'm putting it in God's hands so that he can use it for my benefit. Does this make sense? Sometimes I find myself trying to say things that I don't know if I necessarily have language for yet. Psalm 100, verse 4. Let me personalize this verse. Personalizing scripture makes it mine. It's the first step towards putting it into practice. So let me just say this. Psalm 100, verse 4. I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. I will be thankful to him and bless his name. What's, what's happening in this passage of scripture? Thanksgiving is about his presence. I will enter his gates. That's the entry point. But where's the destination? It's the throne room of God. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving, and that leads me to the next step. I will enter his courts with praise. I'm headed somewhere. It starts with thanksgiving, but then it moves into praise. Thanksgiving is a specific response to to life that expresses trust. It is a choice to trust. And, And as I come into his presence, Praise is my response to his nature, his character, his person. As his person begins to be revealed to us, praise is the response. Thanksgiving is always to introduce us to a greater revelation of his nature. The revelation of his nature opens us up to an encounter with God. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. When God gives us his protocol here, it's not a formula to manipulate him. It's how he functions. It's how the kingdom works. That that is what the glorious one requires for us to come into his presence. His requirements are not restrictive. They are not punishments. They are invitations to life. Every commandment is an invitation to experience greater life in Jesus Christ. So he gives us this mandate. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. How do I start to come into God's presence? Well, it just starts by being thankful. It just starts by choosing to trust and be thankful. In your notes, that thankfulness is an expression of trust that keeps us conscious of the presence of God. Thankfulness keeps us conscious of his presence in our lives so that we are not distracted by all the stuff that is going on. The enemy is a distractor. The enemy wants you distracted from the most important thing, and that is God. And so he he will do all kinds of things to try to make that happen. You know, an interesting story is found in the book of Exodus. Moses had this this face-to-face encounter with God on the mountain. 
And in this encounter, God shows him the tabernacle that he's commissioning him to build. Uh, there was a, it was a place where God wanted to manifest his presence in the earth. But when Moses came down off the mountain, Israel was playing the harlot. They were in the midst of terrible sin. Moses walks into the middle of that. He does several things to restore order, to bring them to repentance. But then he builds what God showed him to build on the mountain. In other words, even though he came down in the midst of all the problems, it didn't stop him from building. What God, what God showed him on the mountain, when Moses came down off the mountain, he, he built what God showed him. Why am I saying this? Because many believers catch a vision on the mountain, but they lose sight of it in the midst of a problem. They get distracted in, in the midst of, of the problems of life. But see, Moses succeeded in building what he saw on the mountain. When he got down in the valley, he wasn't distracted by the problem. He didn't ignore the problem. He dealt with it. Then he successfully implemented the vision he saw on the mountain. We're talking about thankfulness. What does thankfulness do? The specific act of thankfulness it's not, it's not just the attitude of gratitude, which is vital. I'm not minimizing cultivating a heart of gratitude for all the blessings that he brings into our lives. But the specific acts of thankfulness in difficulty, that's what connects us to our history in God. So that we are not distracted from our calling. So that we can live out what God has called us to do. So that what God shows us isn't lost in the midst of all the things going on around us. Those specific acts of thankfulness. They, 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 they do something. They, they heal and restore our memories. So that they are embraced and remembered as they are supposed to be, and they're not lost and forgotten. Because, see, those memories, those times that we have had encounters with God, those times at work where we've opened our Bibles and God has just spoken so clearly to us, or those times in prayer where we were talking to God and all of a sudden it just seemed like God spoke into my life. He spoke into my situation. I, I, I don't want to ever lose connection with those memories. I want those to be in a way that I, I walk them out, I live them out. Moses did according to what he saw on the mountain. It was the memory of that that enabled him to be successful in the perilous times. Thankfulness is what keeps us connected to our history in God. Being, being thankful will keep us on track, moving forward in God, accomplishing what he has called us to accomplish. Now, I'm reading from John chapter 6. This is where Jesus fed the 5,000. There, there's something I want us to see here. Verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves... And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. 
and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Now, so Jesus had some loaves of bread. He gave thanks for them. He, he distributed them to the disciples who distributed them to the people. Now, what I want to call our attention to is 12 verses later. After the fact, after the situation had come down, had already happened, verse 23, he says, However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. In, in the writing of the scriptures, the Holy Spirit marked this location as the place where Jesus gave thanks. Now, thousands of people ate, 500 men plus women and children. Thousands of people ate after Jesus broke bread and gave thanks. But the Holy Spirit wanted that place to be remembered. What was it remembered for? It was the place where Jesus took bread and gave thanks. What did Jesus have? He had not enough bread. He gave thanks holding not enough. So in the midst of lack, Jesus gives thanks. Where's that? that? That's the place that Jesus took not enough bread and he gave thanks. The sacrifice that Jesus made was in the midst of physical need. But the daily invasions of God are not according to human need. They are according to faith and obedience. Jesus' faith and obedience was expressed through the giving of thanks. We are being taught here how the kingdom operates. And to ignore the protocol of God here, to have areas in our lives that we refuse to give thanks in, is to, to mark a part in our lives that we don't need his grace in. I, I have to deal with this myself. In the midst of lack, Jesus gives thanks. In the midst of lack... Verse 23, what's the place? That's the place where Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He gave thanks for what wasn't enough, and it became enough. Actually, it became more than enough. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm grabbing some key thoughts from several places in the New Testament. I'm grabbing some, some puzzle pieces that when they come together, they will paint a picture of the importance and place that thanksgiving should have in our lives. This is the Apostle Paul sharing with us probably the greatest revelation we have about communion. Verse 23, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he gave thanks. Now in John 6, we just read it. Jesus took a situation of extreme lack and he turned it into, but by thankfulness, he turned it into a, a situation of extreme abundance because of thankfulness. Now, I, I don't know if you realize this, but they actually ended up with more bread than they started with. Amen. 
they picked up 12 baskets full of leftovers. In, in this situation of lack, have you ever been in a situation of lack? Do you know what the right response is? Thankfulness. In this situation of lack, not only did God provide everything that was needed, all these people, thousands of people, ate, and then there was more food left over than they started with. Jesus took, now in 1 Corinthians 11, Jesus took his most difficult moment. After he had poured himself into 12 guys, for three and a half years, at the end of which one of them, for personal gain, betrays him. He sells the access that he has to Jesus. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, Jesus was fully aware of what Satan had inspired Judas to do. Fully aware of that, he takes bread, he breaks it, and what does he do? He gives thanks. When we give thanks in a difficult situation, in the hard times, it does something in us. Thanksgiving sanitizes my touch on the matters of my life. It decontaminates me from having my flesh influence or defile that particular situation. Now, in your notes, thankfulness keeps me in a place where everything in my life is now usable by God because I've cleansed myself, if you will. I, I have sanitized my own involvement in the affairs of my life through thankfulness. And now it is in the hands of God to use it on my behalf for his glory. Thankfulness is a tool that God has given us to transform the most difficult of situations and take that situation and put it in God's hands. Now, in light of that last passage about betrayal, what, what Thanksgiving does, deliberate and specific expressions of Thanksgiving, what it does is it delivers me from the influence of the spirit of offense and bitterness and disappointment. Now, in your notes, are you guys doing okay? I'm racing the clock here. I think I'm going to win. Two of the greatest difficulties that hinder us from maturity, that really stop us from growing up in God, are resentment now, see, the, the truth is, if you've been a Christian for over a week, you've had opportunity to be offended. Because you will be offended. And it's just choosing to pass up those opportunities. Two of the greatest difficulties that hinder us from maturity are resentment, which can become bitterness if I, if I let it fester, and disappointment. Those two areas are, are the most crippling for the body of Christ. And what thankfulness does, it, it grabs the moment back. Even though the water is already under the bridge, 
even though the, the disaster or the difficulty has happened, I, I can't see any possible way for God to get glory out of this, but I know that thankfulness is part of the recipe. And so I'm going to give thanks, and in the giving thanks, I, I'm not saying that, that, that God can't use it without me being thankful, it's just that somehow I get to be a participant when I yield. By acknowledging trust in Him, in a difficult situation, by, by giving thanks to him, it transforms the situation. It changes it. It takes the sting, it takes the pain, it takes the, the ability that the enemy has or had in that situation, it, it eliminates it. Have you ever been to an expensive restaurant? I'm not talking about McDonald's, even though they are way more expensive than they used to be. You know, one of those restaurants where they, they serve four or five course meals, you, you know you're paying a fortune for the food. We, we got to take my Aunt Colleen. Colleen is my, my dad's sister, younger sister. When Mickey and I were on vacation, we got to take Colleen out to dinner. And... Uh, she picked this restaurant, and, and she's 93. She can pick whatever restaurant she wants. Beautiful restaurant, right on the ocean. You could see the waves coming in. Uh, staff, just amazing. Just, just, man, just right on everything. But there was something on my plate that I don't eat. I don't know if you have things like that or not, but, but there are things that I don't eat. Now, when I was a kid, when I was younger, I was a really finicky eater. And, and all, it, all it took was not, I didn't like the way something looked. You know what I mean? If it didn't look right, I wasn't going wasn't to eat it. But now I've matured, which means the things I don't like, I know I don't like. <laughs> I've tasted them. You know what I mean? I, I know I don't like that. Period. Well, there was one of those things on my plate. But, but I'm thinking, you know, I am paying so much. This was the most expensive lunch for three people I've ever paid for in my life. And, and I'm thinking, I am paying so much for my food, I, I should probably try this. I should probably try it. And uh, so I, I, I did. I, I, I thought, I'm just going to try it. So I took a bite, and it was like, that's okay. In fact, that's pretty good. The, 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 the angel started singing. <laughs> heaven, heaven began to open. I'm sure I was like David when he had some honey, and his eyes just kind of lit up and... and Anyway, what I'm trying to say is this. When, when, when you give something to God, or let me say it this way. Something I didn't like became something I liked when it came under the influence of a master chef. And every one of us have things like that in our lives. Things that we are not fond of, but the master chef 
is at work. And with thankfulness, we, we literally yield in trust to the process where God gets glorified by the things that were the most difficult. And, and in the process of that, even our, our perspective is transformed. Suddenly, we see value in something that we didn't see any value in at all before. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. What in the world does that have to do with what we're talking about, Pastor Dave? So here is this warning of, of latter-day deception, deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Then he goes into the specifics of this departing from the faith. He says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Now, just think through this passage with me for a moment. What, what is the warning? It, it's the perils of the last days. And literally, the spirit of deception. Trying to draw people away from the faith, he warns about some of the things that people will believe to dissuade them, to detour them from their faith in Christ. And then he talks about food and receiving it with thanksgiving. The food is actually sanctified through the word of God in prayer when it's received with thanksgiving. Now, I mean, that is so powerful when you think about it. That, that which was considered unclean under the old covenant suddenly becomes clean when it's received with thanksgiving. Think about that. It doesn't matter if it was offered as a, a sacrifice to an idol. It's cleansed when received with thankfulness. It doesn't matter the influence the enemy has had on it. It is cleansed through thankfulness. Now, let me just try to apply that to what we're talking about. If you receive the things that are going on in your life with thankfulness, with thanksgiving, even that which comes from the enemy, things that, are, that try to destroy your faith. The enemy is trying to use it against you. But when you receive it with thankfulness, the thing which was a tool of the enemy against you now becomes something that God will use for you. And you notice there is a sanctifying effect of thankfulness, a cleansing effect. It decontaminates my own heart and its attachment to different parts of life. It frees me from entanglement. Why, why am I saying this this morning? Yes, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Don't take for granted the blessing of God in your life. Learn to appreciate his favor and blessings, but also the hard things, the difficult things. Be thankful in the midst of them, knowing that God is working in even those situations to bring about good things. You know, it may feel like a, a sacrifice to be thankful. That's okay. 
you are declaring your trust in God. The Bible talks about the sacrifice of praise. Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore by him, let us continue, continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. What is the sacrifice of praise? It is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. It is being thankful, even when it's a sacrifice. It is the, the simple act of thankfulness. And this act of thankfulness will actually deliver me from the negative effects of, of a circumstance or a situation and transform it into something that God will use for my good. There are times when it's easy to give thanks. When an obstacle is removed from your life, when you pay off your school loans, or when you put your money down on your first house, or when your football team wins, there is no sacrifice required for that. It flows naturally. But when a sacrifice is required, like when your football team plays against my football team and you lose, nobody's laughing. If you knew how into football I am, you'd laugh, because I'm not. When you hear a bad report, medical or financial, immerse it in the grace of God by giving thanks. Lord, I thank you that you are bigger than this. I know that you will work this into the recipe of my life. You've done it before. You'll do it again. I will be able to look back in this and thank you for this, this experience that I've had, knowing that you have brought good out of it. Let's stand together. My encouragement to us today is to be very intentional about choosing thankfulness. You don't have to feel it. In the kingdom, the emotional realm is trained through obedience. Our intentional emotions are trained through obedience. In the natural, before you came to Christ, you did things because they felt good. you felt like doing them. In the kingdom, you do something because it's right. And the emotions and feelings will begin to line up with it. They actually become trustworthy through training. One last note I want to give you. Thankfulness in the midst of your worst situation is a weapon with destructive power toward the enemy. It's not what you feel like doing. It's, what it, it's, it, it's doing what is right to do. And see, nothing in your life is outside of the realm or the reach of thankfulness. I just want to pray over you this morning. I just want to invite you to step into a place of recognizing that God is causing all things in your life to work together for your good. You know, when you look at the life of Joseph, you see a man that had a, an amazing calling on his life, and he went through great difficulty. Imagine having your brothers sell you as a slave. Imagine the betrayal that he felt. Or when he was in Potiphar's house and, and his, the Potiphar's wife is going after him and he does the right thing. He does the right thing and resists that temptation and ends up thrown in prison. Man, you, you just think, man, things are just not working out for this guy. But see, he kept his heart right. And all of that was preparing him and building into him 
the character that he would need on the day, and it happened in a day, he went from the prison to the palace. He went from being a prisoner in prison in Egypt to second in command of the nation. And all those difficult things, all those hard things that he went through actually built into him the character that he needed to fulfill the purpose and the calling of God upon his life. Father, I ask that you would help each one of us to understand how to use the weapons that you have given us. Give us the ability to face the the surprising things in our life and to yield them to you through thankfulness. Father, we acknowledge that you are good. Give to each one of us the grace throughout this day to look at the most challenging things in our lives and to actually celebrate with expressions of thankfulness your goodness, God. I pray this in Jesus' name. As we launch into this this holiday of thanksgiving, Lord, let it be something that permeates our lives as we choose to be thankful for the work that you're doing in each one of us. You're bigger than the most difficult thing that we've ever walked through, and you continue to provide, you continue to meet our needs, and you will continue to be God in our lives. And Father, we thank you. For that, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to invite prayer teams to come up this morning and just be available to pray with people. I'm sorry, I ran a little bit over today. The benediction I want to give you is, is Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, According to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. James, I know you're doing a hundred things right now, but would you mind putting on some some quiet music in the background? I want to encourage you today, if you need prayer for anything, please come up and receive it. God bless you and have an amazing El Día de Acción de Gracias, Thanksgiving Day. God bless. Happy birthday. I can get a card for you.